The Worship Ministry Catalyst Podcast. www.worshipministrycatalyst.com Worship Ministry Catalyst is a networking resource for all worship leaders and worship team members, serving as a catalyst to facilitate worship in the local church. And now, here are your hosts, David Lindner and Kevin Cruz. Well, hello everyone. Hi. Welcome to another episode. It's the episode 93. Woo! Come on. Of the Worship Ministry Catalyst podcast. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got to do this right away. WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com. Yep. If you want to get in touch with us online. Facebook. Facebook.com slash WorshipMinistryCatalyst. Twitter. Dot com slash WMCatalyst. Yeah, baby. And email. David at WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com or... Kevin at WorshipMinistryCatalyst.com. So there you go. You can get in touch with us. Got it. Um, if you want... If you want to drop us a line for whatever reason yeah anyway so here it is episode 93 we're once again at the chill cool new uh, <laughs> worship ministry catalyst studio this is like studio c or studio d <laughs> by now we have we have so many different studios <laughs> but um we're at kevin's church yeah recording in the newly painted youth room designed and decorated Youth yeah, you know, this room that we're in, the, the youth room has for, you know, just a long time, uh, just kind of been a room. Um, you know, every now and then uh, some, you know, some things will appear, uh, couches or chairs. Uh, you know, I, I think at one point they, they painted one of the walls. But what they've done, a, a team of some of the college students and youth students, they actually um, took this entire room and I'm looking around and, and they, I mean, they basically just painted just a bunch of different murals. It, it's really cool. They have a, they had this like city nightscape mural behind me. They have this kind of uh, um, uh, stage rock and roll guitar drum mural to the right. They got pop cans glued all over the wall. <laughs> they had this big giant graffiti thing. Um, one of, uh, one of the, the guys knows a, a graffiti artist. Really? Um, <laughs> have you seen his work on a train passing you by? You <laughs> may have. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think that, I don't think the dude was a Christian, but, uh, he's, a, he's great at graffiti. That's cool. Um, and so, so, uh, so Jeremy asked me, he's like, Hey man, you want to come in and, uh, we're, we're painting the room. You want to, you want to kind of do some art and, yeah. and you know, it's interesting it's when, when it's art. Yeah. You know, when it's art is, it's cool. It's legal. Uh, but when it's graffiti, not cool. <laughs> All right. So just, just FYI right. for anyone listening. When I, it's asked for, when, it's okay. There you go. Yeah. And, and yeah, so just FYI, I do not condone graffiti. Um, but in this instance, uh, the, the, the tag back there actually looks really cool. Um, so anyway, we are here in the youth room at my church, Laurelwood Baptist, and it's, it's great because it's actually really cool in here. Yeah. Um, I was worried about that. Yeah, it, it it gets uh it gets warm in other parts of the church, like the sanctuary gets mm-hmm. really warm when you and put muggy. 
Yeah, when you put like 350 <laughs> people in there on yeah. a really hot Sunday, we don't have AC at our church, air conditioning. And I think you actually came, you came here on a Sunday one time, didn't yeah. you? Yeah. And, and it, it was, it you know. It was hot. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a hot blooded kind of person anyway. So I, you know, I think most, what most people think is cold is comfortable, but yeah, it was, I mean, I was sweating just sitting there. I was just sitting there and I was sweating. You weren't even doing anything. (laughs) Yeah. And I was on stage with the lights and moving around and in a suit singing and you know, getting all, yeah, getting all crazy. And, and I, I was, yeah, yeah. It's hard because, um, you know, here here in the Northwest, at least this this part of the Northwest, you know, it rains a lot, um, and, and there's really only you know three months out of the year where where it's it's you know consistently sunny and and warm and hot, and so I think I think the 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 leaders and and the trustees of the church are like ah, it's not worth it to get an air right. conditioning unit because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know to get like a commercial AC units you know well, yeah, how much. many people actually visit during the summer um, so I don't know, I, I don't know. they probably have a point maybe <laughs> so what we try to do is we whoops there goes your mic what we try to do is uh um. On, on those hot mornings, you know, I mean, I, I usually get here about seven and, uh, we, we open the doors and we have these big, you know, giant industrial fans and we get those blowing and that usually cools things down a little bit. Does you, the, I don't know, we're talking, <laughs> we're, we're talking, we're know. talking HVAC stuff the over HVAC, here. But I mean, at, uh, uh, some places the your HVAC can pull in the outside air. Can you do that without opening the doors? Good question. I don't know. Because what you could do is because you if you had a a timer on your which I think you do you could just have that come on it. get it as cold overnight as possible. Oh, so so like program the the fan to run and mm-hmm. suck in the the cold air overnight. Mm-hmm. Ah, I'll have to look into that. See how long you can keep the building. Cold. I think you must have have uh, in your former life been uh, in the HVAC business, right? No, it's just in my former church. We I had to learn a lot about the HVAC system. Oh no, we didn't have air conditioning either. Yeah, and so, uh, but we had a big we had big heaters. You know, uh, like you have to have too because you have to have heat. Yeah, but they could pull in a lot outside air. And so we would have it come on a lot of times overnight and try and cool it down before huh. the morning services. Good thinking. I'll yeah. check into that. So far this year, I mean, we're we're into the month of June. We're mid-June. And so far, we have not yet had a Sunday that has actually been warm enough well, to We've even... only had one Sunday with sun. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, like, it was like, what, two or three Sundays ago. No. Uh, it, it was really beautiful. Last Sunday was okay. Yeah. Last Sunday was okay. But yeah, so far, we haven't had a, a single Sunday this year uh, that is even close to, to being warm or hot. Uh, th- there right. was a sunny Sunday, mm-hmm. but that's about it. But it wasn't hot. It wasn't hot. It was it actually got up really to like nice. 70, which yeah. is the great thing about Northwest summer. It, it doesn't is, get real hot. It doesn't get hot. You can be outside. Oh my goodness. So speaking of weather, here we go. Uh, what was it? Uh, was it last week sometime when, when it was like, uh, yeah, it was last Saturday or, or, or this, this Saturday, um, when it, it was like, it was perfect. It was like 85, 86 degrees. Sun was out, mm-hmm. man, Melanie and, and, and the girls and, and we all went garage sailing, you know, they had this big garage sale going on at the Lacamas shores. Was that that weekend? Yeah. Yeah. So we went garage sailing. It was beautiful outside. It was warm, but not scorching. Loved it. 
Yeah, the Lacamas Shores Garage Sale, for those of you listening, is a... The premier event. Yeah, it's well, that's a bunch of really nice, fancy houses and people that have a lot of money. So when they put their stuff up for sale, for normal folk like us, it's like getting a bargain on something nicer. You know, if you find it, sometimes you can get a real bargain. But you know, yeah, it, it was pretty sweet. We uh, um, we spent like nine dollars and uh, got you know got a bunch of a uh, bunch of different things. You know, clothes, some clothes for the girls, uh, some games. Um, anyway, it was it was really exciting. So yeah, summer is upon us. It we should is. be recording outside. I know. What are we doing in here? We got this little recorder again. Yeah. We, we could. We should be sitting outside in the sunshine. Yeah, it's it's cool. In freaking here. out all the people at the park. What are these weirdos <laughs> doing talking into microphones Wouldn't outside? Wouldn't that be hilarious if we went next door to the park and just sat down at a picnic bench with these mic, with <laughs> on these the, mics and on these the stands on the swings? And we didn't, <laughs> we're just we're just sitting there talking. We're like, <laughs> so what do you think about worship? What does worship mean to you? Let's start interviewing the kids, the little yeah. five-year-old. Hey, hey, Johnny, come over here. <laughs> tell me what. Tell me what worship is. What do you think is worship? Um, so today we're talking about worship. Yeah. And what, what did what was it that you were going to talk about? What? Okay, so so we kind of talked about this a little bit. Worship evangelism. There's a book that came out that I never read by what Sally Morgan. Sally Morgan, though, right? The worship, Thaler, of, yeah. yeah, worship evangelism. Yeah, I read it. So what was what was the kind of basic premise of that? Basic book? premise is that uh, worship can be evangelism. That a non Christian can come into a church, uh, you know, a Bible believing, you know, evangelical church. They can see people responding and engaging in worship, and that can be an evangelism tool when they see when they come in when they see people responding to the truth of Jesus Christ. Um, through through music, through worship, that it can lead someone to to Christ. Okay, so I I think I agree with that. Okay, here's the thing: like current church, modern church, we've we've taken it way beyond that. Okay, so a lot of churches, I'm not saying our churches in particular, but a lot of churches, they'll they'll go to um to really, you know, go on a high end on the performance. And try and make it like a rock show, right? So yeah, like like seeker sensitive churches. Yeah, is, well, is seeker that what sensitive, you're... but even even uh, just churches that aren't trying to be seeker sensitive, they're just trying to make their worship mm. sound like you know, look and feel like a rock show, right? So a high production value. Yeah, high production value. I don't have a problem with high production value. Okay, yeah. But if it's if the point is seekers, then I start to have a problem with it. Here's my problem. Mm. So. I think we're, I think it's a, I think evangelism has kind of become like a big monkey on the back of worship. (laughs) Right. So like, so instead of worship being about God and connecting with God and coming together as one body, the body of Christ to worship at the feet of our savior, worship that has become about making the outside people think we do cool music. Hmm. You know what I mean? Hmm. And so then I'm, then I'm having a problem because it's not worship anymore for the, for the body of Christ who is there to worship. It's, it's, uh, it's a performance. It's, um, it's something to be taken in, not something to respond to. Yeah. And, and I think I, I hear what you're saying that when the, when the core value of a worship pastor is 
is for the the service and the music to be um this this show this pr- production this uh excellent perfect thing uh then then it becomes not so much about our offering it becomes more about how can we be cool or or how can we um you know how can we um, have the appearance of cool. Yeah, you know it's, it's hard. So l- let me play devil's advocate here, right. David. So, um, so let's say I'm the worship pastor at, at a church that does high production. Um, you know, uh, fog machine. You know, laser lights, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to say to you that that we do it to to be uh, to be relevant. I'm going to say that we do it to meet the needs of our current culture, because that's what people are are hearing on the radio. That's what people are seeing when they go to concerts. And unless we do the same thing, then they're going to automatically dismiss us. But by doing that, we've gained access. Uh, we, we've we've uh, created a, a voice in our life. We've gained access to them that we normally wouldn't have. I would probably agree as long as the actual point is, is to connect with and worship with, you know, to lead people and worship, not with, not as long as the point is, you know, I think if you're going to call it worship, then it has to be about worship. Right. So if, if, if the point is going to become, you know, to gain access into non-believers lives, well then, then don't do worship songs. Hmm. Right? Like do performance songs. Yeah, do performance that, songs. Okay. Do do something, you know, that's gonna that they're gonna connect with and it's not gonna be Christian, probably. Mm. You know, you know what I mean? If you're just trying to make a connection with them, there are plenty of secular songs that have a positive you know, message to them. Positive encouraging music. <laughs> that that they might, you know, they would recognize and maybe think about the message in a way that they hadn't thought of if, if someone makes that connection for them. But, but don't try and make that worship or don't try and do a worship song that, that's in a style that you think that they will like only because you want to connect with that, with the seeker. Uh, interesting. See, now, now. I think it deludes what worship is. Uh, yeah, I hear you. You know, and personally for me, I, I probably lean more on, I probably lean more towards the side of, you know, I, I just, I want to come, I want to come before God and, and I want, you know, I want my offering to be a real genuine expression. So I actually probably, um, probably don't focus on as much on production or performance as, as, you know, even other, other worship pastors myself. Um, but you know, I'll admit that I've wrestled. You know, I've wrestled with that that concept of, um, you know, okay, I want this to be, you know, it's a, it's a balance. You know, like I want it to be an excellent gift. I want it to be a pleasing gift. You know, I, I want to put the work into it, so I'm not just slopping it together. But I don't want it to be all about. I don't want it to be all about the performance and I don't want to do the performance so that, so that we're, we're being the the best band out there. You know, right. first of all, we're not the best band out there I and mean, we, we don't have the best sound system. Well, and we don't the have the best, best musicians. Churches aren't going to be the, as anywhere close to what you're going to experience at a U2 concert. Right. Right. Well, and, and, and that's a good point. I think, you know, I think we're automatically at a disadvantage. Um, you know, f- for most most of us, of us worship pastors, we rely on volunteers who have full time jobs or are in school or whatever. Um, you know, they aren't full time musicians. 
um, you know, I mean, every now and then you get lucky enough to, to get like a, a professional musician. Uh, but you know, most, most of us are, are just relying on volunteers who play, you know, once a month or, or once every several weeks. And, you know, you, you practice one time midweek. And so you're, you're automatically at a disadvantage from a band that are professional musicians that, you know, make a living doing music. So, you know, part of me, I think would actually, I would tend to say, David, that there's no sense in even trying to be that or compete with that or, or, or using the argument. Well, I, I want, I want this performance to be, you know, this awesome, excellent thing because that's, that's what the people out there see. And that's what I'm going to give them, you know, cause I don't think you can realistically compete with that. Well, yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, what church has a million dollars to spend a weekend to put on a big show? You know what I mean? Like, even if, even if you get an awesome facility, you know, to compete with, with what's out there in the world, you have to change up your facility every you know week. Because yeah. if someone's going to go to a U2 concert, you're going to see one huge performance. And then if they go to a Coldplay concert, it's going to be a huge performance, but it's going to look totally different and feel totally different than what they felt and saw at U2. Right. So like, so you've got to do that if you really want to compete. And so no church really has the money to do that. Right. So yeah, you know, on, on the one hand, I would, on the one hand, I would say, you know, there's no sense in even competing, but on the other hand, I would also say, you know, I think we do need to, um, you know, we do need to make sure that, that what we're doing is, is actually meeting a need. Um, and, and, you know, and this is, I, I think you can even, I mean, we could open up a huge can of worms here and we could start talking, you know, doing worship war type stuff. And, and we could start saying, you know, that that's why you see in, uh, um, you know, in, in evangelical churches across the board, you know, that's, that's why you see, uh, worship bands and, and, uh, you know, uh, not using hymns and, uh, or hymnals, I should say. Um, you know, because that, that's just not, that that's just not cultural anymore. And, you know, and a, a lot of people have a hard time with that. Well, it's not, it's not cultural to that demographic, hmm. but there is still a culture that exists in a lot of our churches. <laughs> right. Yeah. What's, where what's cultural to them is not what's cultural to us. Yeah. And, and that's a good point. And that's a good point. But, but you know, what I'm trying to say, man, is that you, you look at, at churches all over the United States and you know, what do you see? You see worship teams, uh, you know, you see them doing, you know, uh, the, the latest songs and, and, and that, and that's what's happening a lot. And, you know, some people have a really hard time with that. Um, and, and, you know, I've actually had people, you know, who have shared with me, I've had conversations with people saying, well, all we're trying to do, you know, Kevin, you know, all you're trying to do, uh, all churches are trying to do is just, um, you know, uh, just we're, we're trying to, you know, cater to, you know, cater to the general population. You're trying to do the, the latest thing, you know, you're trying to do what's on the radio. Um, you know, you're trying to do the style of music that, that, you know, people are going to like or, or whatever. And and that's all you're doing. You're, you're missing, you know, you're missing the point of worship. So it, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough balance and it's a tough conversation to have. Well, yeah. So, so it may be true for that person that you're missing the point of worship because maybe we are missing it for them. But see, where I would agree about, you know, doing, doing what's contemporary and what's modern is that, yeah, a lot of people do listen to Christian radio, 
and they do hear a lot of the worship songs that we do on Christian radio. In fact, I'll tell people in our church to listen to, you know, 104.1, the fish or now 104.5 way FM, a new Mm. Christian radio station, because I want them to hear those songs that we do and worship to them during the week. So that when they do sing them on the weekend, it's, it's a connection from their personal life to their community life. And, and they bring all that into our corporate worship experience. You know, it's interesting. We're talking about this. Um, I've been reading this book by uh, Gordon McDonald called Who Stole My Church? And basically, um, uh, he he tells in a, in a fictional way, uh, he, he tells kind of the story of a church um, that is trying to enter the 21st century. And, you know, basically, th- there's a group of, of older people who don't understand, you know, they don't understand the music. They don't understand, um, you know, the, the new messages. They don't understand the new emphasis on, on outreach. They don't understand the new reason for remodeling the, the sanctuary. And so the book actually kind of goes through uh, in, in, a, in a fictional way, you know, so you have all these different characters. Um, but, but the point is that, that the, the book talks about just how, how hard it is for some people to let go of some of these things. And, and, but also, also at the same time showing the value uh, of of um of some of the stuff and it, even a couple of chapters talks about uh this fictional church that's trying it's trying to change its name and there's a couple of people uh some of the, the older people in this group who you know they say hey if you change the name I'm out of here you know if you change the name of this church you know, I've had three generations going to this church you know this <laughs> church has been around for 150 years if you change the name I'm gone and and so in the book, you know, the the pastor is trying to talk to these people, um, you know, about hey, um, you know, the the name, our name can be a, a hindrance to a lot of people. Um, anyway, it, interesting book, and it really has, I think, shown me. Um, it's shown me a lot of of maybe what you know some older people do feel when when we have new music or or different focuses or outreach or or preaching um and but then there's a part of me you know who's also like hey this is a great book for them to read mm-hmm. you know to help them understand you know uh and the subtitle of the book you know so who stole my church subtitle uh what to do when the church you what to do when the church you love tries to enter the 21st century and that you know, and that's what's happening to a, a lot of churches. You know, um, there's people who don't quite want to let go of the church that they love. You know, they love the church, mm-hmm. and that's a great thing. I think we need to remember that there's people in in our churches that that love our church dearly and just maybe have a harder time of of understanding the direction. Well, if it hadn't been for some of these people, we wouldn't have a church to be at. Exactly. You know, no, exactly. If they if they weren't committed to it. It would have fallen apart a long time ago, but but at the same time, we also want to be training up a new people who have the same ownership of the church, right? And and so to do that, then the spotlight kind of has to shift from from the group that's already committed and been committed to the group that needs to become committed. Yeah, and I think that's you know one big thing that we're facing probably, and and at least in America, is that there's not a whole lot of commitment to to churches. You know, so if, if you don't like something, then you just go to the church down the street and you might find something you like better. So. Yeah. And unfortunately, I think especially people our generation, you know, kind of, um, you know, young families, um, people in their late twenties, early thirties, 
what I'm seeing a lot of is, is people our age, there's this mindset of, um, I, I don't know if you want to call it laziness or, or casual Christianity, but it's like you said, you know, ah, I don't really like this. It's, yeah, it's, it's not what I like. It's not meeting my needs. So I'm going to, I'm going to go here. Mm-hmm. But then what ends up happening is you create this pattern of, well, I'll go here for a little bit. I'll go here. You know what? Maybe I just won't go for a little while. Right. And maybe I'll do TV church or, or podcast <laughs> church, you know, mm-hmm. I'll, you know, and it's true because, I mean, you can find, you know, thousands and thousands of great sermons every week on, on iTunes, you know, on the yeah. podcast directory and churches, you know, big churches, famous pastors, yeah. you know, you can find all kinds <laughs> of great stuff. But, you know, is that is that why you go to church just for the message? Um, you know, I look at church as a place where you uh, where you engage in a community where you where you're able to serve, you know, where you kind of can take roots and, and be a part of a fellowship and just bring it's a family. It, yeah, sure. And, you know, bringing this all back around, David, I, I think, I think with that, um, you know, with, with that part of serving and being a part of a family and fellowship is that idea of worship. When we, when we gather together, we're worshiping as the body and our goal, I think as worship pastors should be to help lead our church as the body of Christ into worship of our savior right. and, and you can do it well, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing it with excellence, well, we're but commanded to, Totally right. Yeah, yeah. Any you know to bring any sacrifice that we bring, it needs to be you know worthwhile. I mean, it's inherent in the word, at least according to the Anglo-Saxon contraction <laughs> of the word worthship. You know, which <laughs> may not be the best word to use, but regardless, you know, I I totally agree on the quality. I agree on bringing on connecting with as long as our goal is connecting with the core group of people. Right. At our church. You know, if our goal is to connect with them and lead them in worship every week, then right on. We're 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 going in the one hundred percent right direction. Yeah. If our goal is to, you know, try and woo some of these outside non Christian people by changing the style of music, then I think our goal is incorrect. Yeah. If, well, and especially <laughs> with that, because it can end up being a bait and switch mm-hmm. because you can't sustain that forever. Right. Well or I don't know, maybe you can, but Well, even if you do you're 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 not sustaining anything. Mm. If you can keep them coming week after week, that doesn't mean that they've actually converted to Christianity. It just <laughs> means they like the show you put on, right? It's a good show. But um, and they're like, "Hey, a free show! This is great." You know, like we've talked about a bunch of times on the podcast is I we're I'm firm believer in doing what's relevant to the body that we're in. Yeah. And so, what's relevant for your body is not relevant for my body. What's relevant for my body isn't necessarily going to be what's relevant for anyone who's listening. That's true. Yeah, you know, I had a great, um, and I I can wrap up with this, but I had a great conversation with uh, Kent Bohr, uh, worship pastor at Cascade Park Baptist, and he uh, uh, he's been there for almost twenty years now, um, or maybe twenty years by now. Who knows? But uh, just talking to him about about his uh, ministry at the church and what that looks like, and he said, you know, Kevin, uh, he's like my my role here at the church. Um, you know, it isn't, isn't to be the, you know, the, the best or most amazing. My role is to serve, uh, to serve my church, to serve the people of my church and to, and to help our people grow closer and connect closer to God in worship. Mm-hmm. And so, and that's going to look different for every, you know, for every single church. Um, so where, wherever you're at, whatever church you're at, you know, if you're listening, um, you know, it may be different. I mean, you know, you may not be able to always do the, the newest Hillsong United or, or the, you know, the latest Chris Tomlin or passion or whatever. Um, but, but, you know, do it to serve your church and, and do it with excellence. I think. 
Well, if you you know if you feel like um, that's meaningful to you, to Hillsong, you know, current worship is meaningful to you, and maybe there's even a a segment of the church that that's meaningful to, but it's not even the majority. It doesn't mean you shouldn't pursue it. Right. No. And, and I think it's always, it's always great. You know, and I did this like, you know, like I, I, or I should say, I try to do this where, where, you know, I'm, I, I'm trying to be aware of, of, uh, you know, the, the trends and what, what's happening with music and trying to make sure that, that we're, we're fitting, you know, we're, we're, we're finding that need, you know, I think every every generation has has a, a need. Every generation has a voice. Every generation connects with with something, and, and making sure that I'm understanding what that need and connection is. But you know, doing that um, while still serving the needs of the church. So you know, there's a balance in there. I think. But yeah, that's what he said is great serving. Yeah, and and it's not about us. It's not about anything other than than getting our people to worship. Right? Yeah, cool. So, all right, well, that's it. Episode 93 in the can. In the can. By the way, I can't find any evidence to contradict this, so I'm going to start saying it on okay. the podcast, is that we are the longest-running worship ministry podcast Woo! In, in the world. In the world! At least according to iTunes and the internet. 93 and going what strong. I can find. Yeah, because there's one other podcast, but they started five months after us. They're still going. Oh, they are. So if we quit, then... They'll win. They'll win. But, uh, but for now, as far as I can tell, we're the longest running worship podcast. We're going to beat them. We're going to beat them because that, that's what it's all about, right? Yeah, right. Okay, good. <laughs> but hey, 93, that's How that's many episodes does the other one have? They're a lot less, but they only do once a month. Okay. So. We'll go us. So <laughs> you have just listened to the longest running worship ministry podcast in the world. We, we should start like putting that as, as like our, our uh, tagline. The world's you know? longest running worship yeah, ministry you're, podcast. You're listening to worship ministry catalyst podcast. The world's longest running worship <laughs> podcast. We're awesome. Yeah. All so right. anyway, get in touch with us online. Worship ministry catalyst.com. You can email us at David worship ministry catalyst.com or, or Kevin at worship ministry catalyst.com. Facebook.com slash worship ministry catalyst or twitter.com slash WM Catalyst. And I think that's it. That's it. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye.